Welcome to episode number 166 of CXO Talk. I'm Michael Krigsman, and we're going to have a great show today. I'm speaking with Quentin Clark, who is the chief business officer of SAP, one of the largest software companies in the world. Quentin, how are you today? Great. Thanks, Michael, for the opportunity to, to speak with you and, and your audience. Well, I am thrilled that you're here. And let's start by just tell us briefly, what does the chief business officer role at SAP mean and do? The, the, the role I play for the company uh, is effectively overseeing build by partner. So what we mean by that is um, I manage a team that runs our portfolio process where, where we look at our internal investment levels. I run the team that does corp dev and M&A. Um, I, I manage a team that does strategic partnerships and overlaid across all this, of course, is a strategy function uh, for the whole company. The way to think about this is, is I was hired to help the company chart course in terms of kind of what's next and where we're going and then have enough execution muscle to help the company get there. And previously, you were the chief technology officer. So what maybe draw the distinction between chief technology officer and chief business officer? Yeah, it's a good question. In fact, it turns out that, uh, that having done that job is super helpful to the current role I'm in. So when I was hired, I was hired by, by Bill McDermott, uh, recruited by him and hired by him to help uh, SAP, like I say, chart the course, right? Figure out kind of what's next for the industry, uh, what's next for SAP and how we, how we need to participate uh, in, in helping drive the, what we now talk about as a digitization across different industries. And uh, my first role was a CTO, it was a way for me to get into the company, um, learn the people, learn the technology, uh, learn our customer base, uh, you know, learn how the company works in a way that I was able to contribute back as well, right? So in that role, I was able to contribute to our, our cloud strategy and our HANA work and analytics and, and get certain things off the ground. And then Bill asked me back in the fall to shift focus to the whole company strategically and, and really expand uh, my purview uh, to really help drive the whole company. And, and being CTO for a year, um, I mean, I'm a product and technology guy inherently, uh, really gave me that grounding. But I think having that product bent is really helping in this role because ultimately it's products that are that are where customers, you know, um, adopt, right? And it is innovation is ultimately rewarded long term by the industry. So you mentioned digitization and the term that comes to mind is digital transformation. And I know that that is a central part of your strategy and what you're thinking about. So maybe can you describe for us from your perspective, what are the components of digital transformation and what are you seeing at your customers? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And in fact, um, if I can if I can back up a couple thousand feet and and talk a little bit about what we see industry wide in the technology landscape and and with our customers, it, it'd probably be pretty helpful. So, let's just start with the technology landscape that we currently live in. We are at a at a at a moment in time where there has uh, converged uh, together a set of technology um, shifts that are enabling a whole new era of, of innovation, unlike anything we've really ever seen before. And this is one of these epic kind of um, generational changes in, in software. So we're talking about cloud computing, mobility. Mobility is not just you know, smart devices, but it's also ubiquity of connectivity and the bandwidth that's available there. We're talking about the, the advent of 
you know, machine learning and deep learning and AI technology coming out of the research labs and now being just part of practical engineering. Um, we're talking about big data and the techniques that have emerged around that. So, and there's other pieces of this, but, but my point is, is that we're at this moment where there's this incredible crucible that's been created um, by the technology evolution landscape. That is now um, touching into, into traditional business and creating this tremendous uh, pressure for, for change and opportunity. If you think about it, um, you know, the largest transportation company on the planet now is a ground transportation company now is Uber. They don't own any vehicles, right? The largest um, vacation rental property company on the planet is Airbnb. They don't own any vacation properties, right? And why is that the case? Well, it's the case because of, of everything I was just talking about, the, the digital transformation and the ability to create networks and connectivity and direct wiring between the consumers and the, and the producers um, has created a change in those industries, an opportunity for business model change. And that is what this digital transformation ultimately is really all about. But it's not, it's not limited to one industry. It is going to impact every industry that, that, that's out there and create new ones too. Um, one of our favorite examples at SAP is a, a company uh, called uh, Kaiser Compressor. That's a German company that makes heavy industry com compressor equipment. So it's like factories use compressed air to run machinery and tooling, et cetera. And they've shifted from an on-prem traditional, like selling a compressor at time model into basically selling you know, liters of compressed air at some pressure over some landscape inside a factory as a subscription. And so everything that they then do on terms of efficiency and everything else in their equipment, they reap the benefit of, and they're no longer having annual quote sales cycles um, trying to sell more equipment. They're in, a, they're in a much more continuous and predictable business model. And it's only been possible because of all the stuff we've been talking about. IOT, big data, cloud computing, mobility, all this stuff. And so that is going to impact every industry. And, and our customers certainly come to us in, in their trying to understand how they develop the agility and what they need to start doing technology-wise and in their landscapes to get prepared for that and to start to be able to explore different business models. Everybody who's watching, uh, be aware that you can join this conversation on Twitter with the hashtag Hashtag CXO talk. So please join the conversation and you can even ask questions directly of Quentin as we have this conversation. So Quentin, what you're describing is digital transformation that deeply, profoundly affects, as you said, the business model of the company and uh, that goes far beyond marketing, but deep into the operations, the supply chain, the core processes of the company. Maybe you can talk about that dimension of it. Yeah. So in some way, one of the ways we think about this in terms of a, a framework, a taxonomy is, is digitization uh, across the workplace, um, across assets and, and across customer engagement, right? And so if you think about that, you know, what we're talking about is you know, in the detail level, if you look at logistics management, the, the ability to basically put unique identifiers and everything on a bill of materials and understand everything that's happened to it throughout its entire life cycle, right? Um, I mean, we have uh, companies we work with in the, in the retail goods space that, you know, sell a billion products in a year. Well, those billion products, if you actually trace the manufacturing lineage and trace it through every part of its supply chain all the way to end delivery to a customer, I mean, it's generating uh, you know, terabytes of data a day, potentially, right? 
And so how do you go, go deal and take advantage of that? Not just in terms of, of, of maximization of operational efficiency, which is certainly a worthy pursuit, but also in terms of being able to um, anticipate changes with suppliers, anticipate um, trends and these kinds of things to be in front of the business on behalf of your, you know, to, to do the best for your customers. If you look at um, the workplace, the, the advent of, of things like Employee Central and, and recruiting that's now happening you know, online and, and understanding and, and metrics around interactions between customers and, and, uh, and employees and between employees and, and the engineering work they produce, the product work they produce, there's a huge opportunity there to, to have much more uh, metric-based uh, ways of, of engaging your own workforce, right? And making sure that you are tuned into the signals to maximize um, uh, the employee experience um, and reduce the kind of um, work that they do that is not really value producing work and, and really get things focused um, and ensure that, that, that they are, you know, really having a great experience with the company, right? Um, and then, you know, if you think about customers, we're now in a, in a world where we're, we're far beyond CRM, right? We are now looking at, at, at a 360 degree view of the customer. What are we doing to market to them? What are we doing to sell to them? What have been the, the commerce interactions with them online, retail, physically, whatever? And, and what are we doing to support them, right? Support and service them. And if you look at all of that together, all of that information, plus the information that's ambient out there that they're participating in social data and that kind of stuff, gives you a, a tremendous opportunity to tune every experience with every customer in a very individualized way. But all that's not possible without this, this notion of digitizing everything that we're talking about. And so data, you've, you've mentioned metrics, you mentioned Internet of Things. All of this has the common thread of data. And so maybe can you now uh, link, link this concept of, of data into this and the connection to innovation and the business change that you've been describing? Yeah, so if you trace, let's, let's work it backwards, right? And one way to, to do this that's interesting is to work it backwards. Let's start with just a, a very simple scenario. A, a, a employee, a store manager, a retail store manager working at a, you know, a large even retail company, right? Has to open the store that day and maximize her opportunity for that business to be successful. One of the things that is, that is always done at the beginning of the day is, uh, is, to, is to think about what's at the front of the glass of the store, right? Because that's gonna draw people walking by into the store naturally. So what do you choose? How does that process work? Well, the very experienced um, store manager develops a framework and an intuition and picks up on all the little signals and, and knows what research to do on social media and what advertising was done and whatever else to, to, to know what to put the front store to maximize that opportunity. Well, what if in, instead of relying on 10 years of experience, you could make everyone you know, efficient and productive on that topic, right? And so you take a very simple thing, an analytics model that helps an employee or helps a store manager understand what to bring to the front of the glass. And you trace that piece of analysis all the way back through what's required. And that's the data story, right? And so for her, the, sim the experience might be really simple, right? Maybe she's interacting, you know, with a, uh, an intelligent agent that's helping her understand that. Maybe she's looking at a, at a, re at a report on her on a mobile device. And she sees this, this analysis and, and, and these conclusions and she makes a decision. But underneath that is, you know, things like an understanding of 
um, what kinds of customers will be there that day, an understanding of what has potentially caught a social meme. And, and it's based on analysis of, you know, the Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn data, whatever else that is out there that, that is being analyzed, and not just in a, in a global way, but really in a regional way as well. Um, it, it also is folding in things like uh, what are the, the items that need to get through a certain sales cycle in that, in that week or that month or that quarter and to optimize for that. Who's going to be in the store working and what are they good at selling, right? So maximizing the opportunity for them. And so this is, this is actually a very complex model we're talking about. And some of it really is big data, right? It's coming out of the social data. It's, it's taking into account the analytics across all the point of sale, across all the stores. It means work in one place, but work in another. Are they really alike? And all of that, all of that data, this very diverse set and, and fairly complex analytical processing that ultimately has to be made simple. And, and the, the data management challenge is how do you make simple, actionable, human understandable um, artifacts and, and insights out of all this new information processing. And so that is really um, the opportunity, you know, for companies like SAP, right, uh, to come and help engineer those systems, engineer the applications and make it simple for those users. Now, you mentioned the terms innovation and you mentioned the term uh, efficiency. Mm -hmm. So now can you overlay onto all of this this notion of going beyond efficiency into the realm of innovation and how does all of this support innovation that goes beyond i say merely in quotes efficiency that's a good question actually um as i as i approach talking about that let me let me give give an example right cloud computing just if you take enterprise cloud computing as a, as a topic, you have both of these axes that you speak about. The, the first initial um, on-ramp of, of enterprise uh, products and, and, and computing, generally speaking, into the cloud was about operational efficiency. It was about running things you know, more cheaply and being able to scale them um, more easily, et cetera. But the real opportunity, the disruptive opportunity is about taking advantage of the cloud to do things that simply weren't possible before and, and leveraging the, the, the connectivity and the scale power of the cloud just to simply approach new, new challenges, new problems. You know, HANA has been a little bit like this for us where we've been retooling with S4 HANA, our ERP suite, we've been retooling it to take advantage of, of HANA's performance and its integrated transactional and analytics side. And that's opened up a whole new opportunity. So yes, we're taking a hundred terabyte landscape and we're squeezing it down into a, into a terabyte system. Incredible efficiency gain. But what's actually more important and more impactful is the notion of a real-time digital dashboard, right? Digital boardroom where um, the, the, the access to information, the detailed information and the real-time nature of the information is actually a transformational operational experience that changes what the business is able to do and provides new agility. And so this is, this is true we kind of look at these major system architecture changes and it's no different in this digitization journey, right? Where the, the first path to ROI is, is going to be, hey, is there something we can do with this that helps us pay for the investment, right? And return something tangibly immediately back to the business. But the next step will inevitably be what new is possible. And this is true even for, for, for SAP as we have digitized certain things. We've digitized travel and entertainment. We've digitized procurement management. 
um, you know, yes, it is a massive operational efficiency opportunity for our customers. But then we look at that and we look at the data inside the system and say, wow, there's actually, we know a lot about the world, right? We know a lot about how the world gets around. We know a lot about what things cost. We know a lot about procurement and we can predict what's going to happen. And that is new value for us to, to innovate on. And so I think for a lot of these um, uh, major shifts in computing, you see this two-step process. And I think it's an insightful, insightful observation you made. We have a comment or a question from Arsalan Khan on Twitter, who begins to allude to the cultural dimensions. We've spoken about the technology underpinnings of all of this, but you're talking about, when you talk about innovation, you're talking about change. And if you're doing that pervasively through a company, that's culture. So maybe talk about the people dimension of all of this, which is obviously very important. It is the, the cultural journey here. I mean, you can look at every sea change, you know, that a, that a company across any industry has undertaken, and you see as much of the story is about about culture and about people as it is about anything else, right? Uh, the technology tends to mostly be an enabler. It's really what people do with it that that ultimately matters. And you know, I've lived through this a couple of times in my career, where you know we have undergone you know, paradigm changes and, and focus changes and you need to bring an organization through that. And, and there's a, you, know, you can write books, in fact, books have been written about, about this very topic. And, and you have to start with, um, with, the, with the people and understanding what their, where their interests are naturally aligned and, and really driving towards outcomes that improve uh, their ability to do their jobs. Ultimately, people want to contribute. And so when things are, are understood in the context of bettering their experience and bettering their ability to con contribute, they'll get it. If they, if this is understand, if it's only understood in the context of working through change with no better outcome, this is where the resistance happens, right? And so, you can never sort of forget. And, you know, when we work with our customers, one of the questions is, you know, is is the leadership team championing this? Who's going to be at the forefront of this every day? Who is the visible leader inside the company? That is helping champion that. Who is going to be spending their time with the key, you know, key influences inside the company that are helping, you know, uh, precipitate these kinds of changes? Because it is as important as the technical journey itself. So, in effect, the question becomes: How do you overcome resi the resistance inside the or large organizations? By their nature, are typically focused on the status quo. Right. So is that is that is that the question? How do you overcome resistance or are there other kind of core questions around the, the people transformation aspect of it? Well, I think I think there's there's twofold. Right. I mean, there's there's both the the illumination, the understanding of opportunity and, and many people will run to opportunity when they see it. And I, I think that that one of the best approaches to this kind of thing is starting small. Right. Success begets success. And, you know, you, you, you start something small, you prove its value, you let people see it, and you show and you demonstrate that, uh, that, that the people involved, that the journey they went through was a viable one. And, and that tends to build. And I've been through, like I say, a couple of uh, cultural transformations in my career, and they all almost start like this. They all almost begin with, you know, taking on a championship of a small thing and seeing it through and not worrying as much about, you know, how are we going to get a thousand people through this knothole or 2000 people through this knothole? Let's start with 10, 
like, let's start with two groups of 15, right? And let's, and let's build on that because people are inherently social animals and they will start to see where the herd is going, so to say. And, and the wisdom of the crowd is powerful. Um, but that does mean that it starts with small groups around the campfire. This digital transformation involves so many pieces. So what are the implications? And you, and you, sp- you spoke about the technology aspects before. What are the implications for departments or such as marketing? So the implications for the CMO or the CEO and even for the CIO, the chief information officer in all of this. So I think, I think if you look at the, at the, the business unit, right, the, the functional units like marketing or, you know, the, the product line or the executive that um, is running HR, right? And you really separate that from the conversation with IT for a moment, right? The opportunities um, for the lines of business, I mean, they're really there. Products, you know, procurement for finance, um, you know, S4 in the finance edition for, for finance, um, success factors in HR. We've seen this pattern play out where, uh, where these people who are responsible for these businesses see these, these, these units within the, within the business, right? They see the opportunity to improve their entire remit, right? Um, by, by embracing these changes. And they'll drive that, right? In fact, a lot of the, a lot of the adoption we see in things like in travel and expense or, or in HR management start departmentally, um, even outside of those departments. They even start with smaller groups. And then, you know, we see that the, the, the sort of functional leaders, um, you know, see that opportunity and, and get after it. IT, there's a tremendous opportunity for IT to reassert its role in the business and in the enterprise. I, I, I think there was a, there's been a period of time where um, IT got, got very focused or, or got um, the reputation basically for operating the systems, keeping things running as opposed to innovating. And I think those days have to be over. I think, um, you know, there was, a, there was a point in time in IT, everything they did was like magic, right? I mean, the first time email showed up, the first time file sharing showed up, these were magical productivity transformations in the enterprise for, for businesses and for how people work. And then, and then we made it a, a big exercise to run these systems, right? And you know, part of what S4HANA has been about, part of what SAP is really driving towards is this notion of run simple, right? We're trying to make it so that IT can focus back on innovation. And whether that innovation's at an, at an automaker that's having to go through the transition to, to driverless cars and, and a different business model with, with you know, ride sharing, these kinds of things, or that digitization is the compressor company that it has to change its own business model. IT is going to be at the hardest because every company is going to end up being a software company. Any company that believes that it is not uh, at the forefront of, of leading its industry through this transformation, embracing a new model and leveraging software to get there needs a rethink its strategy. What about the role of platforms in all of this? Platforms, I mean, wow, Michael, that is a, that's a big word, right? I mean, you know, in some ways, if you think about, um, uh, if you think about Ariba, it's, it's a platform for procurement management, right? Because, there's, because there are suppliers who plug into that platform and because that platform is open, it, it opens up an ecosystem for them to participate in. Um, and so platform really lives 
at many layers uh, of the stack. And, and in terms of digitization, there are, there are parts of the platform that I think are very, very well understood industry-wide as being incredibly important components. The cloud and its scale as a whole, um, the, 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 the ability to, build, to, to deal with big data. You know, SAP, of course, has made investments in HANA and Bora uh, to get after that big data equation. Analytics is an important part of this. We're talking more and more about, about intelligence and the need for platforms around machine learning and, and deep learning and, and, and natural user interactions. And so it is, it is just as I started with, because of the technology landscape opening up this crucible for innovation and change, the platforms for that are of course incredibly important. And I think you're gonna find that, that everyone that's serious about helping enterprises work through these transitions is making investments in the platform in a, in a pretty substantial way. And maybe, again, I keep asking you to overlay these various uh, new pieces, but you mentioned earlier IoT, Internet of Things, and that's another very, very important part of this landscape of transformation. So please share your thoughts on, on that. Yeah, so IoT is one of the components, if you will, of, of the new equation around information that feeds into a lot of these transformations. And so, you know, people don't think about the, the analytics behind, for example, social data as an IoT problem, because it's not, right? It's, it's, a, it's, it's characterized as a big data problem. But just as much as, as that information is critical to understanding your customers and, and sentiment and, 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 and an understanding of how your products are faring, IoT is just as instrumental in things like supply management, manufacturing, and retail, so retail management, et cetera. So these are all just facets of the same generalized uh, challenge around information. Remember when I talked about you know, the, the end user experience of that store manager, well, the example I gave is actually fed by IoT data, by social data, by, by the, the systems of record information, right, the point of sale and the history and all that, employee data, et cetera. So IoT fits in in that way. And IoT, my belief is IoT is going to end up being a mesh of information. So the, the creators of IoT information, a, a piece of machinery on a factory floor, um, a sensor at a warehouse, right, um, these sorts of pieces, that information is going to flow. There'll be certain services that those that those product um, suppliers, those system suppliers, offer around that information. That information is going to flow into other systems, and they're ultimately going to flow into these systems and the applications that end users are seeing and using, and they're they're changing the information they have access to and how they understand that information. And so, IoT is really going to be fit in with this mesh of, of many different sources and many different uses of that information. And it's, it's as important a part of this digitization as any other piece. And so, again, that leads us back to this platform question, because in order to do this, we need both the technology foundation as well as the business model foundation, as well as uh, all the other sort of tentacles, implications of where the business changes go, ripple through the company that's undertaking this digital transformation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, at, at SAP, this is one of the things, of course, that we've been quite focused on is, is as we've been retooling around S4 HANA, as we've been taking HANA and leveraging it in our, in our, in our cloud line of business applications, the, the question is, 
how is it that the, that the overall data flow supports the end user insights and experiences that are going to help a business differentiate and 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 really sort of run at this at this digital journey and so there's a there's a core piece of, of, of data platform infrastructure that needs to be that needs to be worked through and evolved over time as, as these apps mature and as these systems mature but there also is uh, other elements of platform right and, and if you think about things like we've done with hybris yaz or tax calculations as a service or the apis into something like ariba it's this new opportunity to more rapidly build new value on top of these other systems that kind of never really existed before and so there's a thing that is emerging which is a little bit this cloud api economy where the the ability to to interface the systems automate things build new value rapidly it's also something that's emerging and, and it's going to be part of this digital transformation. As you observe your customers, are there specific industry segments or types of customers that are undertaking or embracing these transformations particularly? Well, I would say I would say nothing by industry really stands out in terms of, you know, is there one industry versus another where uh, you know, we're seeing more interest in, in the kinds of transformations and kinds of business model disruption that, that, that we know there's a potential for. What's more true is at an individual customer by customer basis, right? How, how far along are they in terms of intellectually understanding that? Um, and they, they go through this interesting cycle uh, of, of exploring and learning, right? Where, um, you know, the first they're, they're curious and they start digging in, then they get a little sort of wide eyed around, wow, this is, this could be potentially hugely impactful. How do we begin? Right. Um, and then, and then they start to get their sleeves rolled up and dig into it and realize that there is an approach they can make again, culturally, you start small, you build, you explore, you create agility. So there's all these different aspects of this, but they can, you can break down the problem. And so, you know, I've had experiences where, you know, customers come into to our to our conference room here in Palo Alto, and you know, immediately opened with, "Our industry is changing, and we think it's changing because of the following reasons." And you know, we're here to talk about how we can work together to help us, right? This this enterprise, be prepared for exploring how to take advantage of those changes. Um, an example of that is I had a one of the German automakers come into our conference room just just uh, just a few weeks ago, and say, "Look, between ride sharing and um, and driverless automobiles, we know our business model is going to change. We want to have a conversation around what does that mean in terms of IoT, the telemetry coming on and off the vehicles, the kinds of flexibility we need to have in our customer engagement systems, um, the kinds of flexibility you need to have in terms of the back end, um, in, in, in terms of manufacturing and even supply management. How are we going to embrace um, creating agility for ourselves so that we can go and explore all these different potential business models? And it's just this incredible. Um, it's an incredible conversation to be a part of and, and really a humbling experience to, to, to be involved and asked to help, um, to help a company go through that. So is the, is the common thread that these companies, that's, that's driving these companies to undertake transformation, is it seeing the, the competitive environment or can you, can you draw a common thread among these various companies? Well, I think I think the, the common thread tends tends to be uh, to you see sort of a combination of two things that 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 are taking effect at the same time. One is there's someone who gets it, 
very often you end up meeting the person who is championing that things are going to, that things are going to change. Right. And so you see that and, and you see that mixed in with enough insight into something in their industry, which is an opportunity by either comparing to something that's happened in a, in a, in a parallel industry or something they're seeing the beginnings of in their own industry. And so, you know, you couple something specific with, with someone who has a vision, the wherewithal to, to champion that, uh, that, that change could provide great opportunity. And this is typically when these conversations really begin. And when a company is in this position, so there's somebody who gets it and there's some type of change that's going on in, in the market, how, how do they begin? So if, there's a, if there are business executives out there who, or, or technology executives who are, who are watching this and they're seeing this and it seems like a daunting task, <laughs> how do they begin? Yeah, yeah and, and again, we, you know, as, we, as we've watched and participated and been, been partners with customers who have you know, begun to feel out this journey, we do see that moment, right? Where their eyes get wide and they realize, wow, you know, the scale of, of impact could, could be tremendous. Um, and how is it we get through this, right? Get through this journey. And, and here, you know, the thing that we tend to counsel our, our customers on is let's start with a specific project. Let's go identify, you know, uh, one or two opportunities where there's a, there's a part of the organization that's ready, right? And whether it's, a, hey, let's start to change how we engage our workforce. And so we partner with the head of HR on that, right? Or whether it's a, hey, let's start looking at, we know we're going to need to instrument um, these products, whether it's a, a manufacturing thing or, or a consumer goods thing or whatever else, between where they are in that chain, um, we know we're going to need an instrument differently because we know we're going to need these insights. Great. Let's go get a project going to start to build, you know, end-to-end architecture that gets you that instrumentation and starts to get the data signals, you know, flowing and all that stuff, right? So it's really getting down to these individual projects that, that often we end up um, co-innovating on with them to help them, you know, explore that. But the, but the point really being, start small and build up. It's like every other major project. You don't, you don't approach building a, a house um, by standing there in front of a forest with an ax and saying, by the end of the day, I'm going to have you know, a full house built with plumbing. You, you, start, you start small. Okay, here are the steps we're going to go through. We need to you know, build a plan. We need to you know, get, get the lumber or we need to you know, validate that the, that the walls are going to build are going to be robust enough. We need to um, you know, do these different steps in order to construct and erect the house. It's going to take time, right? And you can start small and you can work your way through it. And, and by, by working with, with customers and, and, and identifying those, those small pieces that start to come together, you're affecting the culture change, right? So we're back to that. And you're starting to learn and make progress. But the, the number one thing that we, that, we tell, that, we can, that we can tell people is just maintain the curiosity, right? Um, start to be curious, start to ask the questions. And one, one of the things that, I, that I've often suggested to people is go show up at a different conference, right? Go outside your industry, go, you know, go, go learn for something that's maybe related, but very much uh, parallel or different and, and go learn how this is impacting other, uh, other industries and organizations. And you'll, it won't be exactly how you're gonna apply it, but it might catalyze some thinking about how, how it'll affect you. We have only a few minutes left. As you, uh, as a company is 
looking at the problem and starting small and trying to get quick wins and break it down as they would any other project. In this case, with digital transformation, it involves both technology pieces as well as business pe business pieces. So how do you, and that involves, that's by its nature, involves uh, information and collaboration across silos. So who are the right people to get involved and what, what advice, recommendations do you have for making this initial process of coming together um, as seamless and as easy as possible? Well, I think, I think a lot depends on the, on, on the business, right? And uh, certainly, if, if you do not have a conversation going on at the senior leadership level, like the CEO, the CIO, and the heads of, of finance and, and HR and the business lines and, and, the, and the sales field support organization, if you do not have a conversation at that level, these things tend not to go very far, right? And it won't be these people are necessarily rolling up the sleeves and implementing the new, you know, the new code or the new product line or the new business approach, but they they have to be intellectually curious about about the journey and they have to help support and set up teams to go after these things. One of the most valuable things these people can do is walk back from those discussions and identify someone to help be that change agent for them in their departments and set up a small effort, right? Um, that's going on exploring. What that exploration is, is what is the value of kind of a thing, right? What is the value of adopting a, a, a cloud-based solution for this, that, or the other functionality? Or where that exploration is, we need to understand IoT better. Let's just stand up a small project that we can work with a partner, instrument this product one or instrument this factory or instrument this, this warehouse or instrument, whatever it is, and start to get some information back and, and start to understand what the value there might be, gain some experience. These are the things that have to happen. And so it starts with a with a recognition that that the world around you is changing and an open and honest conversation about that. Like every great you know company story, it starts with a leadership team who understands that they have to put one foot in front of another in, in terms of a journey. And you know this digitization, this or this digital transformation. It is a journey. It is not something that happens overnight. Um, it doesn't happen in an industry overnight. It doesn't happen with a single company overnight. But it starts with those with those small steps, and it starts with being curious. And you know, the more they can bring in outside people that are again from different industries or come from the technology space that can help illuminate the potential changes in value and how those and how the the business process might work or how the business model might work, uh, the better off they are. Right, and that curiosity is going to lead. Uh, to opening up avenues of exploration. Again, we all, we have only five minutes. I mean, with this, these are such huge topics, and we could go on and on. But we, you mentioned earlier that this is a time of tremendous opportunity for IT and chief information officers. Can you elaborate on that, and and also share your advice as you work with many different many different companies, uh, customers of SAP, how can CIOs take best advantage of this great opportunity that they have today? Michael, I think a lot of it's really about, about leadership, right? And, and I've met so many CIOs over the year, over the years that have really wanted uh, to lead a, a, a phase change in the business and contribute uh, to how the business operates, which ones the opportunities it's able to seek and capitalize on. 
And, and I, I think that the environment we live in from a technology landscape standpoint gives them a platform, so to say, to do that unlike any other time in history. It is, yes, it's about adopting you know, cloud software. You move procurement, run that in the cloud, the Reba. Take HR management, move that into, move that into the cloud and focus uh, on the things that are gonna move the needle and provide the agility in the business. You know, when we talk to customers about, you know, career P process and, and leveraging something like S4 HANA, what we talk about is the agility they gain back out of it, which they then reapply back in the business. We have a, a great story, for example, with a, with a major retail company, uh, a luxury goods company, um, where they were able to digitize their entire supply management. They were able to digitize their customer experiences in the retail stores and, and, had, and had a major change to the end-to-end, -end, manufacturing, demand signal, supply management, all the way to the retail experience and to the digital you know, marketing experiences that those customers also have. An end-to-end -end view driven by the CIO because it wasn't just one department at, at a time. It wasn't just about the manufacturing. It wasn't just about supply management. It wasn't just about retail and it wasn't just about marketing. It was about driving and helping the company understand the end-to-end -end flow that, that this digital transformation was going to result in and the impact it would have across that entire life cycle, which ultimately is about the customer, right? And, it, and it, it, it took that IT remit, it took an IT visionary to help the company see that opportunity, embrace it, and, and it had a tremendous impact on their business. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that, that is the power now uh, that a CIO has and the potential for their impact on the business. It's a, uh, but it's, it's, it's really a challenge though in some companies because you're describing a way of thinking that makes so much sense and especially the reference point back to what's best for the customer, but it may not be in the DNA of the company. It may not. And, and the reality is, Michael, is that if you look at the, you know, the, the logos, the top of any industry, right, over, you know, 10 year, 20 year spans, um, they change. Right. And, and a lot of that has to do with whether or not companies saw whatever the current sea change in the industry was and were, was able to embrace that sea change and take advantage of it. And it's, a, it's, it's an opportunity for new companies to, to arise and, and to take a place to take their place in the world. But it's also as much an opportunity for incumbent organizations uh, to, to not just not just not just survive but to really thrive in a new era. I mean, we, we have worked with companies who, who were concerned about how they're gonna navigate through this, through this change, but got on the forefront of it and have been able to find a way to thrive. And, and, I, and, I, and yeah, it's, it's a mentality, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a culture, it's a, it's a recognition of opportunity, it's, it's people with the wherewithal with a vision, but the message is it can be done. And, and in fact, I don't think it even takes necessarily rocket science. It takes a recognition and it takes conviction. And if you have those things, you can stand up, you can lead, and you can drive that change. So at the end of the day, recognition and conviction are the bottom line attributes. I would say so. I mean, so, so much of, even as a parent, right? I, I, have, I have a couple of uh, boys that are, that are uh, 12 and 14 and, you know, helping them, right, is about helping them recognize, right, recognize the opportunities for them and have the conviction that's the right, that's the right thing to pursue. And, and I'm not comparing, you know, uh, 
you know, our engagements with customers to, to having kids, but it is the human journey, right? Uh, generally speaking, can we recognize, can we have the situational awareness to know what is going on around us and develop a conviction for what our, we want our role to be in that? And so it's true at a company level, it's true at a company's leadership in the boardroom, right, with the, with the CXOs, and it's true at the individual level down at the, at the CIO. Um, and so at all, at all of those different points, you know, we need to develop that, that situation where is that, that recognition of what's going on and the conviction and, and, and a conviction about where we want to be in that evolving world. I love that. Digital transformation as the human journey. <laughs> Thank you so much. We have been talking with Quentin Clark, who is the chief business officer of SAP about digital transformation. Quentin, thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your really busy day and joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Michael. Great conversation. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and, and, your, and your audience. And everybody, thank you for taking time out of your day for watching and join us. This has been episode number 166 of CXO Talk with, again, my guest today was Quentin Clark, the Chief Business Officer of SAP. Everybody, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.